Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. Hey, everybody! So glad you're with us. My name is Joey, lead pastor here. Really grateful. Want to welcome our online community and then all of our physical locations throughout Philadelphia. Welcome, welcome. Uh, You're in for a great word. And uh, we start a brand new series today called Essential. Are you excited? You don't even know what it's about. But Essential is going to be a great Great message series. At every physical location in your lobby, you'll see something kind of like this. Uh, At our physical location, says Essential. It has beautiful, colorful golf balls and uh, some empty boxes. And what these golf balls represent are you and I. And these boxes represent uh, opportunities. Opportunities for us uh, to use our gifts, for for us to build God's house, opportunities for us to make a difference. And so I'm really excited about this series at your locations. We'll be filling these up, uh, jumping on teams and serving, serve Saturday events and outreach and uh, building God's house. That's what this represents. You'll see that all through the series. I particularly love this time of year because there's so many amazing ways to serve and build God's house. And that's kind of why I wanted to go where I'm going today. Uh, I want to talk about over the next uh, few weeks about serving. And when we use the word serving, I think sometimes uh, it can be a little bit cliche You can roll your eyes, oh, I serve already, or oh, you know, I I don't want to, or I don't have time. But what I've been doing over this year, if you haven't noticed, I've been talking about discipleship. We've been talking about worship. Actually, my, my secret theme of this year is back to the basics. That's what I've been secretly doing to you. Back to the basics. And this series is a very much back to the basics, but it's going to serve as a, as a great reminder. It's going to inspire you to, to show you that your life, a reminder your life is not your own. And, and, but, but I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to love it. You're going to hear from location pastors throughout this series too. It's going to be a great, great uh, few weeks. So uh, let me dive in by saying this, okay? There, there's a messianic uh, prophecy in Isaiah that alludes uh, to Jesus as our suffering servant, okay? Jesus himself, and we use this anew to the church, he says this in Matthew 20, 28, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. We know this to be true because Jesus washed his disciples' feet Uh, He played with and he laughed with kids. Uh, He served all people. He suffered and he died in our place. He served, he taught, he developed his disciples. Jesus embodied servanthood. And, and, And why we're using the word essential is because what essential means is it's something or someone that is absolutely necessary or extremely important. I think we can all agree Jesus is both necessary and extremely important. He's essential to our lives. But not just the fact that he's our savior and that we love him and that's why he's essential to our lives. What he did was essential for humanity. 
And so there's kind of this double thing with serving that serving is something that is essential to your life, but it's also essential to our city. It's essential to our community and to the people that you're around. I'm making a point that Jesus' life is our main model for living. And if it is, which it is, his whole life is defined by servanthood. Well, then if that's true, which it is, so should ours. Our whole lives should be defined by servanthood. So that is my preface for this series. Welcome to Essential. It's going to change your life. It's going to change mine. You ready to dive in? All right. All right, parents, question for you. Uh, Have you ever left your child somewhere and just drove away? You like on accident, of course. Like, like when they're teenagers, it's like walk home, you know, I can't wait for that. I, I'm, we're out in public. My son really, you know, I'll just drive away. You got to walk home. Got to figure it out. Of course, he'll have Uber on his phone at that point. I'm sure my, my son, um, he, you know, I'll just be in a hurry to get somewhere you know, or, or and not thinking about it. Like, you know, when you go to grocery store and you're there for eggs and for milk, but you end up buying seven other things because you're just, and you get distracted. Well, my, I've said this before, but I did it again the other day. Uh, we were in the car. I put my son in the car seat. Mom's not there. And I just start driving. And he's like, dad, you have to buckle me in. <laughs> so thankful for his quick-witted wisdom that I passed down to him. I gave him so much that I lost some. (laughs) The thing is, is sometimes when we're on our way, we forget to do the essentials. We we do. We just we're just we're moving so quick, and and I and I think uh, serving is one of those things where we can be on our way, on our way to living and going to church and doing life, or even serving, but forget the heart behind it. So the title of my message today to open this series is On Your Way, Don't Forget To. On Your Way, Don't Forget To. Do the essential. Do the main thing. So I want to go to Acts chapter 3. I, lo- I love this passage. I'm going to go 16 verses, but we'll, we'll, we'll read the bulk together at the end. But I want to go verse 1. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer. Service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one they called Beautiful Gate. So he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. All right, let's stop right there. A little context, okay? Uh, at the temple, there was an hour of prayer, but there was also an hour of sacrifice. The reason that Peter and John are there for an hour of prayer is because they already know who the final and complete sacrifice was. That was Jesus. And so they go to the hour of prayer. And sometimes when you're on your way to the right place, uh, the right opportunities will show up. This was a preordained opportunity because they were on their way to the right place. Place. Now, the Jewish historian Josephus described the gates on the Temple Mount as these beautiful brass, 75 feet high Corinthian beauties. Uh, they had double doors, but this was also a spot where there was a lot of almsgiving, a lot of uh, a lame or poor asking for money. And the reason is because uh, Jewish people, particularly the Jewish leaders, on their way to the temple wanted to do something that made them feel better. 
And so they would just throw money at the poor. And it's kind of like this, the way Simon Sinek says it. He says, we often give the poor away to pay for feelings of goodwill. The majority of the time, it's about us feeling better than not receiving. I think sometimes money's not bad, but sometimes we throw money at problems instead of working the problems. The lame man, he wanted to be supported in the condition that he was in. But God had something better in mind. Jesus wanted to completely change his condition to heal his body, to heal his soul. And I love that about our God is that there are some times where we have wants, but God wants to get us to our need. And so that's exactly what is about to happen. Now, I know you're saying, Joey, what does that have to do with serving? I'm so glad you asked. Verse four, Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, look at us right here, eyes. The lame man looked at them eagerly expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. You know the old kid's song, silver and gold, have I none? But I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. <laughs> I was reading this, kind of reminded me of like my kid, like, we're like, hey, come over here, here, come look at me. And like, he's expecting like a toy or candy. I'm like, here's a carrot. <laughs> and he's like, hmm. And probably the lame man is feeling a sense of disappointment here. But again, God is trying to heal him. And, and, and instead of meeting a temporary need, they're meeting an eternal need. This is important for us to note. Silver and gold, have we none? Okay, well, they probably, in a sense, they had a form of money. Maybe they didn't have any on them. But they're thinking bigger. There's bigger thinking. This is a representation of service. I'm not, again, I got to be clear. Money is not wrong. Some people say, oh, money is the root of all evil. No, the love of money is the root of all evil. And money is a great tool and we need to pay for things and invest into things and give to things and sow into things. I'm not saying that, but, but sometimes there's a limit to just throwing money at the problem. There's something deeper that has to happen that honestly serving can only complete. See, the greatest title in the kingdom of God it's not preacher or pastor or apostle or prophet or evangelist or, you know, sister or brother or bishop or youth pastor. I'm trying to think of everything I can think of. The, the, the greatest title in the kingdom of God is servant. And serve, serving usually doesn't cost money. But it does cost compassion, faith, and time. We see these words on display in this story. Silver and gold have I none, but I'm about to give you something of deep, lasting, and eternal value. Let's take break down this word compassion. I see Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. 
When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into the fields. It's interesting that Jesus is saying that because the harvest has always been plentiful, but there's always a labor shortage in the kingdom. You want, you want to know why? Here's why. It's because it takes compassion, faith, and time to serve. And it's easier to just throw money at a problem. Again, money's not bad. Money fixes things. It advances things. It's necessary. But also, in addition, there's a time to serve. And what Jesus is going, hey, always going to be a labor, labor shortage. There's a lot of empty boxes. And it's essential that we serve so we can see the kingdom come. Serving, friends, is an act of compassion for those in need. Serving is sympathy. It's concern. And when, what we see in Jesus' words is he was already healing. He was already doing ministry. He was already serving. And what happens is his compassion is developed as you live a lifestyle of servanthood. You don't always feel it, but as you do it, you begin to get compassion for it. Compassion can lead you to serve and it can sustain you in your serving. It's enhanced. It's going to compel you. Here's what compassion is. Compassion is giving what you already have. It's, it's giving of yourself. It's, it's giving of your heart. It's already inside. That's what compassion is. Now, faith, faith is different. While compassion is giving what you do have, faith is giving what you don't have yet. I love that because they're giving their compassion. Silver and gold, we don't have, but we will give you what we do have, our compassion. And we're also giving you our faith. We're believing that we're going to look like fools if God doesn't come through. I mean, honestly, if we waste our time serving and God isn't who he says he is, then it's kind of foolish. But if he is, serving changes everything. It takes a lot of faith, friends, to serve and build the kingdom of God. To be honest with you, it takes a lot of faith to go down to Kensington each month and serve and believe that God is going to transform somebody's life by your prayers. It takes a lot of faith to apply for a grant for Serve Saturday. Come on, somebody. Meyer has applied for this grant every year. I love that. Gets it. Invest it. It takes faith. It takes a lot of faith to go to a gas station and believe that you're going to have a conversation with somebody because you put $10 in their tank and it's going to transform their life. It takes faith for that. It, it takes faith to go do an egg hunt and spend your Saturday, which is your time to relax, and go think that it's going to impact a kid because they're going to see that the local church is a good place to be. It takes a lot of faith to start a nonprofit for urban kids and youth and believe that they can experience a limitless future in the midst of great violence and a drug epidemic and everything in between. It takes a lot of faith to put your feet in soil and say, I'm here to stay. I'm going to believe that God's going to do something miraculous. It takes faith to serve. Here's the thing. Before you ever make a difference you have to extend some faith and believe that you will. And then when the difference is actually made, 
your faith gets built even higher. That's exactly what's happening with Peter and John. Their faith muscles are being built in this moment. Now, I want to talk about time. Because this is a tough one. Because we all got a million things going on. But Peter and John, this is basically a detour. They're on their way for an hour of prayer. It took time to notice this man. I just want to say this, guys, may we never be in such a hurry to get to church that we forget to be the church. Serving helps us be the church, the hands and feet of Jesus. You be the church in church and you be the church out of church. It's both. It's both. You, you, you go to church and you worship and you serve, you experience God, that's being the church. You gather together, it's being the church. But then when we go get dispersed, if we don't do and take what we experience together to the streets, well, then it was just a club. It was just a social gathering. All I'm saying is, is I get it. I know we got a million things going on, on our way to living, on our way to going, on our way to work, on our way, whatever it is. Let us not forget to do the essential thing and invest our time. In 2 Corinthians 12, 15, Paul writes, I will gladly spend myself and all I have for you. Even though it seems that the more I love you, unless you love me. What Paul understood is, and this is the reality, sometimes when we give our time and service, it's not reciprocated. And that's just something that you have to expect. You're not expecting misery and no one to love you back. You just have to remember, I'm doing this for the Lord. So, so a question that you should ask yourself is, to whom am I giving my time to? Who was Peter and John giving their time to that day? Were they giving it to the man? Kind of. But better, they were giving their time to God through this man. And when we give our time away, what we're doing is we're giving our time to God through people. Peter and John gave their time to God through this lame man. What I'm saying is, is you and I, we give our time to God through people. And I, and I know, I know we got a million things going on, but it's, it's how we offer our time to him. It's essential. It's serving others. And we and ourselves get built up as we give our time to God through people. In verse seven, love this part of the story. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then, walking, leaping, and praising God, he went to church with them. Come on, somebody. He went to the temple with them. You know, honestly, I mean, you might not have anybody coming to church with you because you never serve anybody. I mean, they, they served him, and then immediately he jumps up. He starts praising God because only God could have done it. And he goes to the temple with them. And so I want to give you a couple practical things here. Here we go. If you're going to serve well, here's what we need to do. We need to do two things well. Here's number one. We got to have partnership with the Holy Spirit in our lives. We must. Separate from the Holy Spirit, we can't serve well and serve for a long time. We'll just be depleted. We'll be empty. In Luke eleven thirteen. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, well, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? 
Acts 2, 1 through 2, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. In other words, God's about to use the church for the first time, if you will, together collectively. And what do they do? Before they ever go serve, before they ever go turn the world upside down, they wait on the Holy Spirit. They get filled with God's Spirit. And I just think that that is an essential part of us serving and serving well, is we've got to have a partnership with the Holy Spirit. The message today, of course, is called as you go or when you go, don't forget. Well, the Holy Spirit always helps us to remember. He does. He, he helps them on your way to work. You see somebody off to the side of the road and the Holy Spirit is compelling you to go minister and serve. That's the Holy Spirit reminding you that you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. While you're at work, God prompts you to bring coffee to somebody you can't stand. You know that's the Holy Spirit. Right? On your way in your school or, or wherever you're at or even at church or in church, there, there's got to be an ongoing relationship and partnership with the Holy Spirit so He can prompt you, encourage you. And, and when we are depleted and when we are empty, we got to wait on Him to fill us. Because you're not always going to feel like serving. Okay, I'm just telling you right now, as Jesus was in the wilderness fasting for 40 days, I can tell you right now, because he was 100% God and 100% man, day 39 didn't feel like continuing to fast. However, he had partnership with the Holy Spirit. And, and when you do, there's a time where you pause yourself and you get healthy and you let the Holy Spirit rejuvenate you and refill you and restore you and fill your compassion levels back up and your sympathy levels back up and your empathy levels back up. So Holy Spirit does. And wherever you are, I just want you to lift your hands wherever you are. And I just want you to take a deep breath. And Holy Spirit, you have full jurisdiction over my life. Fill me, fill me afresh. Restore my passion, my hunger, speak to me. Right now, Holy Spirit, if I'm empty, fill me with you. My life is yours. Lead me, prompt me as I go. Help me not forget to do what you're, you've meant for me to do, that's to serve. For some, you need to encounter God's Spirit for the first time. May you be filled and full. We need you, Holy Spirit. Here's the second thing. If we're going to serve well, we have to have longevity or consistency in our life, in our service. This is essential because as I just read, they didn't just walk away, they picked him up. The best kind of serving is messy and it's long-suffering when we stay with the process or the program until it's complete or until it's healthy. I, I just think that, look, they could have, they could have threw money at the problem, walked away. They could have done the Christian thing, praying for you, brother, walked away. But instead what they did is they, they, they got there with them and they, they, they had some conversation. They, they had a surf Saturday moment. They had an outreach moment. They had a, they had a discipleship moment. They said, all right, we're going to pray. We're going to believe God's going to heal you. And then we're going to pick you up and we're going to stay here until you're walking again. And then we're going to go to church with you. It's powerful. It's a powerful display. Now, in their instance, yes, they had the benefit of an immediate healing. 
immediate victory. And God may allow those things to happen in your life, or he may say, I want you to walk with the issue and I want you to help somebody. And I want it to be a process. We don't choose that. We just bring faith to the situation. And so, but what God chose to do is what God chose to do, but it's a great example for service. It's just why I love Surf Saturdays because we do it every month. We're, we're showing up and we're believing. We're playing the long game. I love serving teams because we do it, excuse me, block teams because we do it every week. Every week, coming, I'm bringing my faith. I'm gonna build God's house. I love that we can lead block groups because it's messy and we pick folks up. But five years from now, they're running and walking and praising and leaping. It's the thing, guys, that we get to be a part of. Where we're, we're, why serving is so essential? Because it, it, it builds the community and it, and it builds people, but it builds us too. It helps me become like Jesus. And I want to close this message. I think what I love about this story is in verse 9. The Bible says that all the people, all the people, somebody say that, all the people, they saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had so often seen at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. Come on, somebody. Don't, don't, don't you want to bring Jesus into situations and people be absolutely astounded? They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Of course he was. Peter saw this opportunity and dressed the crowd, people of Israel. What is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? What they're seeing is God through somebody. For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus who you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. Peter's a little petty still about this. He's a little, he's a little, he's a little tender. Look for this. You rejected his holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murder. You killed the author of life, but God instead raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before our very eyes. Do, do you realize, friends, why serving is so essential? Because what you're doing when you're serving is you are testifying of the resurrection of Jesus. It's not something we do once a year on a holy week. You're living out the resurrection every time you put on the armor of God and say, I'm a part of the Lord's army. I'm serving today. I'm serving my city. I'm serving my community. I'm serving my brothers and sisters. I'm saying it's essential. It must be because we witness the power of who God is. You want to see miracles in your life? Bring faith to the serving party. And you might just, you never know what might happen. I want to close with this beautiful story of how serving is essential, how you're serving is essential, how it's brought salvation and transformation to a whole family through Surf Saturdays and our outreaches. Be encouraged. Check it out. Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. 
If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.